Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Bliss, 
The track is entitled Lone Space. Beautiful song. It was a time when she and her husband were really deciding to maybe separate for a little bit. And so that song emerged from that sort of a moment or space of discomfort that her being was going through. And you can feel from it just, you know, we all need some lone space and some of that quiet time for our own self-care because whether we're bombarded with information or way too much information on our social media pages or the pages of others or on the radio and television streaming, after a while we stop thinking and we stop taking care of the thoughts that perhaps are really our own, those thoughts that are our sacred, sacred narrative that is really a gift from the divine. And we start to take on board the thoughts and feelings of others around us and around, you know, in in the media. Uh, Someone called me today and um, I had a wonderful talk with them and the conversation was focused on just the sensitivity of how the year had started out, uh, whether it was, you know, sending weapons or bombing Iraq to fires in Australia to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven others in the flight, leaving their body to impeachment trials. Um, After a while, if you're just surrounded by the negative, it eventually impacts the soul. And you stop singing your favorite songs, and you stop dancing to your favorite beat, and you stop caring about yourself. But like like Alicia Keys said in the Grammys um, this year, that music is one of the greatest healing forces. And our special guest today, Bill Pratzman, who is a man on a mission. He's here to raise awareness of the power of music as self-care. And he has been leading, he's a leading expert on the power of music for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. In addition to founding and running a successful high-tech telecom management firm for 28 years, Bill holds degrees in piano performance and creative writing and has performed for many years with a focus on bringing music to audiences in non-traditional ways. But in 2011, he launched Music Care, Inc. It's a for-profit corporation to teach and advocate for practical ways music can be used for self-care. And in 2014, he was recognized by the National Council of Behavioral Health with an award of excellence, which is industry equivalent of winning an Oscar. Bill is the author of More Than Human, The Value of Cultivating the Human Spirit in Your Organization. Today, we're proud to welcome Bill Pratzman to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Bill, and welcome. Good morning, Sister Jenna. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's um, As you've been pointing out, this is an interesting time to be talking about music, isn't it? Indeed. I did like the way that uh, Alicia Keys had opened up the Grammys, and it must have been quite a daunting task to be in a particular state in an audience where there was such mourning going on in the country, and yet you still had to fulfill what's on the plate. You know, you have to do your duties. But she did a great, great job, and the beautiful thing about it is that music heals. Music has the capacity to unite us and bring us together. It was lovely. I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it as well. I haven't. We don't have television. I actually haven't seen it, but I've seen some of the clips. And, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right. That's what right. I saw too. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely I saw the right. Clips too. And 
you know, music is just for a tragedy like that to be bookended by a, by a music award ceremony is just such a great opportunity for the world to know that, that music heals, as you've said, and, and what, what an amazing moment you know, for that in, in the face yes. of loss of some amazing people. Yes, I agree. Well, let's talk about you. I understand that you began playing the piano when you were just three years old. So when and how did you begin to really understand the true power of music as a tool? And and, and how would you explain what the power of music means to you? Well, as you know, it, it starts with an inward awareness. And that hit me for the first time uh, around fifth grade when I recognized that people were interested in music and that they wanted to hear and, and be a part of the connection that happens when music's in the, in the room. And it took many years after that to get to a more outward facing, um, more inclusive, I think, idea of what music does. When you're a solo piano player, it's, it's pretty lonely, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that gives you a lot of time to look at the audience and see what's happening there and to get curious about it and wonder how it is that music is working on people. And for a long time, we didn't have a lot of research. There were people doing work. Uh, Oliver Sacks was doing some amazing work when I was growing up, but it didn't really become mainstream in terms of research and scientific support until uh, the 90s, and then we had this explosion of research that's carried us through to today with music being used as a stimulus for MRI studies and things. So we can explain the, uh, the scientific power of music mm-hmm. and how it works, but I think it goes beyond that. And while that awareness is useful, there's this pull that we have as human beings for, uh, to connect to uh, to resonate with one another in ways that go beyond the scientific. And for me, that's the spiritual. It's what science can't explain, but that part of music is, is the thing that dawns on me uh, continually throughout life, but more so now that the research supports the basics, if you will. Sure. There's such a need in our world right now for connection there are these projects that are out there specifically to find and connect people who are in distress of some kind and to offer solutions that are not um, step-by-step sort of rote, this is how we can fix things, but starting with the connection, put the connection first and the solution will follow. And, and that is powerful medicine. So I'm, I'm so pleased to be in a world right now where that's happening and, and, where um, this Music for Peace is about connecting people who have been affected by war. To be in that, um, it's not like a a market sector or any kind of industry, but there's definitely um, an awareness and a movement to make music the vehicle for healing the world. Uh, So that that awareness is, is gradual. Yes, it is. I agree with you. Very well said. Um, Do you remember the song that I think it might have been five or seven years ago? It's been so long ago, maybe even longer. Uh, Pharrell Williams sung a song called Mm -hmm. I'm Happy, and it became so global. And it was a song that even they were saying nobody else wanted to sing it, and then finally he decided, okay, I'll do it. And there was just something in the words, maybe in the energy. It just brought the world together. People were doing... 24-hour I Am Happy videos around the world. And um, I know, and there's another one coming out with John Legend and his nephew, Tata Prince, 
entitled Love One Another. And every time I hear that it's going to be released on Valentine's Day, I automatically get into that zone of just really wanting to be more loving. So there is something so transformative in sound, in sound. And I'd love if you could share how actually music, especially, how can it actually work on human beings physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Sure. So the physical part of music is what's the, what they call entrainment, where your heart and your breath, and um, even in a certain sense, the way that you're thinking, syncs up with the music. And that could be as simple as your heart rate reaches the same pulse that's in the music, or your breath slows down or speeds up in order to accommodate the movement that you feel or the relaxation that you feel as a result of the music. So the, the physiological effects are, are, are pretty obvious. The mental effects, they're kind of cool too because there's some kinds of music that encourage us to uh, deep thought and some kinds of music that encourage us to no thought. And there are, of course, times where you want both. If you're you know, marching in a parade, that's one kind of music. If you're dancing, that's another kind of music. If you're slow dancing, that's another kind of music. So mm-hmm. um, this is all a affects our mental state to help us sync up with our physical state. And then, of course, the beautiful emotional state in music, um, that's something that's, that's sort of called out of us. The feelings that music can trigger in us are such an important component of what the music uh, allows us to do. And, and I want to say that in that way because the invitation is always there when you hear music. And whether or not you allow yourself to connect with it deeply is your, uh, is your receiving that invitation and saying yes. So the music's always there, and, and if you consciously connect with that, then you allow it to affect you in all these wonderful ways. And then we right. briefly mentioned the spiritual way, of course. So if you're using spiritual music for healing or for meditation, chanting, uh, there's an obvious use there. But music doesn't just work when it sounds spiritual. The spiritual invitation of music is always there. And um, I'm thinking of the dancing guy. Who's the guy who dances all over the world? He just goes to these places and videos himself dancing with people. And um, <laughs> that spiritual invitation to connection, you know, and we can explain that with mirror neurons and all kinds of cool stuff, but it goes deeper than that. It just brings your heart into connection with other people. And I mean that metaphorically okay. and physically, because you do feel a welcoming when music invites yeah. you to the spiritual. Well, I have so, a question uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you can answer it, but... There was a time for me that I would maybe be in a car or I'm passing by somewhere and I overhear, you know, very hardcore rap music. And I remember just thinking, oh, God, what that's doing to people's system. This is just such a a heavy-duty vibe. Um, And then I ended up producing a meditation album with a hip-hop artist. Anyway, that's a long story, and it all went great, (laughs) just FYI. Beautiful, yeah. (laughs) Um, But then I started to go deeper into the social social aspects of rap music and and what it actually represents and, and what it means. And can I tell you, Bill, that for this year in particular... I'm actually witnessing myself listening to rap, not all the time, just there are some certain songs that I would say, oh, that's a nice one. And forgetting that a few years ago, I'd be like, oh, that's such an aggression to my system. 
So I'm wondering if it was because my interpretation towards it changed, which made the music enter into my system with a different intention, you know, or is it that I'm out of it? Have I become one of the tribe? And is that music really sometimes, you know, harsh on the uh, on the system? Or can you answer to that? Well, with regard to the harshness, so if you listen to anything too loud, it can hurt your eardrums, and you only get one pair of them. So um, please do take care of them. When I hear a boom car coming, <laughs> you know, the cars you can hear for blocks away, <laughs> I just go, oh, my gosh, you know, this is dangerous. But not mm-hmm. because of the type of music, because of the volume. So I'm putting something over about 120 decibels on a consistent basis. And you can buy apps for your phone. I think there's some free ones, too, where you can measure the pressure of sound. Now, it's not a great thing to be listening to music that loud for that long. It feels great, I know. I I've been to EDM concerts where my internal organs are jumping around inside me. The music's so loud. And I wear ear protection. <laughs> so, you know, make sure if you're going to be in that environment to, to care for your ears. But I think that you're, you're speaking more on in terms of uh, the rap music, the hip-hop culture got into you in a way that you were surprised by. You welcome the invitation, much. you know. <laughs> but this culture is amazing to me. Um, hip-hop has offered us of many of us, perhaps millions of us, a place to find expression where there was no place before. Yes. And I, I think as we look through the history of music, we can see how music evolves, and the new music is always something people resist for a while. You know, even if you're the Mozart crowd listening to Beethoven, uh, you know, it's it's you resist it. Oh, that's that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then. Uh, time passes and more people begin to appreciate it. And what your experience with rap and hip-hop mirrors my own. I originally didn't have a place to put it, and I didn't know where it fit, and it was was new to me, and it felt like I didn't belong in some way. But Mm. I kept at it, and now I feel a bit more like not as much of an outsider, Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate what rap has done for people who needed a way to be able to feel that stuff that wasn't provided by other music. Yes. And for whatever yes. reason, maybe maybe it's cultural, maybe it's um, whatever, musical. But as those new styles grow on us, I mean, think of rock and roll, as they, as they grow on us. Yeah, rock and roll they, is like equivalent to what right? hip-hop is now. Yes, I remember those days. Yeah, you know, it was like yes. wild music, and I was trying to get it, and I saw so many people enjoying it, and then eventually I went, "Oh, that's not that's some that's some good rock right there." You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. Woodstock what must have been the scary thing for all the you know the straight up white folks back in the day, but Woodstock is uh-huh. this iconic moment <laughs> in music history. So, um, and of course there are others. So. Um, when it, when it comes to minding the culture, these forms of music, whatever they are, give voice and give expression to things that the new fans need to feel. And with rock and roll or hip-hop or swing or whatever it is, um, being able to feel those things in safety with other people around you who also feel them, what a marvelous experience that is. And with progress of time, I mean, there's going to be a time where we're talking about old school hip hop already, right? Old school rap is mm-hmm. evolving in the genre right now to a place where new artists are taking it in new directions. 
and there's some beautiful, incredibly tender rap out there. Yes. That yes. that makes me cry. You know. Yes. Yeah, I'm with um, you. So and I'm surprised. Uh, I'm so surprised at myself for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fifty Cent has this one, and I would hear it, and I don't listen to all the explicit ones. I, I try to find the clean versions just to protect my purity that's left in my personality. Yes. Um, and I just go, wow, that is so true. There are folks that are, you know, born in situations where they have absolutely no, no, no chance. But then in this particular track, he says, you know, I kept believing and I kept fighting through, and now look where I am. And so I can get that. I go, there really is something so poetic about hip-hop. But so is classic. Uh, I mean, so is a lot of different kinds of music. And as you and I are going off on a tangent about hip-hop and music, (laughs) what I would love to find out, and I'm sure our listeners would love to as well, is that you have experienced music as a self-intervention for you in your own behavioral health well-being. How has the music benefited you and kept you going? Well, the music that is in my life is really very present around everything that I do and often around everything that I think. It's given me a purpose, first of all. So when you're a teenager, young, looking for a reason to keep doing what you do, Having something to hang your hat on is a really great thing. And although I've been a member of many different groups and cliques in my life, I, I really feel like I belong mostly to the music one. You know, I'm a band geek. I played the sax in the marching mm-hmm. band. And, and, and that sort of feels like my tribe, although I also feel a part of so many other tribes. But music has been the grounding thing that's always pulled me forward. Even today, I'd go to the piano and, and work on songs that I've been working on most of my life and find new stuff in them. That, that's an important thing in, in, this, in this pull toward music or, or pull toward life. Um, there was a time in my life where I felt suicidal, and that's been sort of in the background of my life for a long time. But I let it come up to the fore and really spent the time connecting those uh, emotions and that desire with music and to see what would be there, like doing the shadow journey. And, and it, it really kept me in a place where I could say, yes, suicidal thoughts are a part of, who I, of what I am. But they lost their terror for me. You know, I didn't fear them after that mm-hmm. intentional experience. And so in, in a very literal way, music has, has minded me, has kept me alive. And that, that's an important thing to recognize. I mean, you can go that deep and music is still there for you. Mm, I love that. Have you noticed that the music that you select, let's say your playlist, is it focused on a particular aspect of your personality, or have you noticed that there's a very broad scope in in how the music is um, portraying who you are at this point? Because for me, I've seen that my playlist is very specific, that it connects a lot to the person that I am at this time. I have playlists for uh, specific emotions and mm-hmm. sometimes for specific activities. So, yeah, it's very connected. Although I realize that there are, um, there are times where I don't necessarily need the music and the music mm-hmm. sort of comes secondary. But if I'm in a, spe- in a place where I need to experience grief, for example, it's a good one, um, I will go to the music first. 
and let it work on me and unpack whatever particular aspect of grief it is that I need to allow. Uh, again, mm-hmm. using that word pretty specifically here, allowing, I think, is an important part of a music practice, a listening sure. practice. Sure, so I get uh, it. when it comes it. to those, you know, there, there's always the start-me-up music that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's always the relaxation music that's out there. But let's, if we dial it down, I mean, I've gotten to the point recently where I'm connecting songs to things like gratitude or kindness. And yeah. just a, a, one or two songs is all I need to put me in the, um, the holistic experience of gratitude. So if I'm going to offer thanks, for example, I want to make sure that I'm showing up physically, that my mind is not scattered on some other thing, uh, that I have the right emotional content to be able to offer the thanks that I want to, and that I invite the spiritual connection to be there. Maybe or maybe, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. But all of that needs to be part of the authentic experience of offering your gratitude to someone. And if it isn't, it's not authentic, <laughs> at least as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. So mm-hmm. why not yeah. connect music to that, you know, that brings you to that place of gratitude? And so yes, I have yes. a specific gratitude song, you know, and, and that's, that sounds all nice, but I also have songs for rage because you know, look at all the anger in the world and, and why not let that flow instead of stuffing it inside? Right. Does it too, you know? Yeah, mine has been very. Um, I've been in a lot of music that's social justice, you know, sort of uh, yeah. activists. Like, come on, let's wake up, you know, wake up world. It's time to get going, you know. So I found myself back in that stage, and I've been enjoying it actually. Um, Bill, I'm enjoying our conversation together, by the way, and uh, of course, I can't continue without mentioning your book. More Than Human, which became an Amazon international bestseller on the actual day of its launch in both spirituality and business categories. That's fascinating. Congratulations. Thank you, sister. I was so lit up by that because serendipitously, remember the lunar eclipse that everybody was going to like Idaho to see? Uh That was the day of the launch. Ah, so it was because of the lunar eclipse? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a celestial experience. I very much wanted to be there, and I couldn't make it, but um, it had been launched on the same day. So <laughs> wow. let's be more than human, and let's have a solar eclipse at the same time. <laughs> wow. You couldn't have even planned that if you wanted to. So tell us a little True. bit about the book, because it talks a lot about you know spiritual best practices within even organizations. So share with us some of those, and how can we bring more spiritual practice into the workplace so it can be a more pleasant experience for the millions that are, you know, clocking in nine to five or nine to six? What a great question. And you know, you've been in that environment as I have. It's not terribly spiritual out there, but mm-hmm. the, the research is beginning to support how much better businesses and organizations do when they practice things like kindness and gratitude. We mentioned that and respect and integrity and, these are things that are, are valued right now because they help businesses thrive. Isn't that just, I mean, that's like, well, duh, right? In some cases, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would rather do business with someone who is kind to me and respects me and has integrity. And it uh, turns out that the research supports that. So spiritual best practices are basically those things, the best human attributes. And, you know, you can choose to do business um, like Bernie Madoff, for example, and 
I have no doubt that there's a level of integrity in that kind of a business too. But ripping people off isn't isn't <laughs> isn't successful, right? <laughs> That's not a great thing. So you really need to bring a new focus to how you deploy these practices. And that's what spiritual best practices are all about. The best attributes of who we are as human beings connect us deeply with the integrity, with the honesty, with what I want to call the light side of, of, uh, as opposed to the dark side, right? To the light side of what really works. And doing the right thing, which we all like to talk about, it's becoming more and more obvious in the world that the right thing really is the right thing and why. I mean, who wants to follow a leader who's, you know, maniacal and, and abusive and all of that? I mean, there, that time has passed. We're now in a much, much more uh, evolved state where leaders can lead with integrity and lead with honesty and look around our political landscape and see who's being successful and why and then ask yourself if that's someone you want to follow. But these are great questions for our time. Yeah. Yes. And to to take a stand around, no, it's 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 not right that we have all these people living on the street. America's better than that. You know, that kind of a thing. Yes, and, yes. And, and offer ourselves compassion to be able to see someone who is holding a sign outside Starbucks as a human being. And even if there's nothing that we can give at that moment except a good morning or a thank you or it's good to see you today, sir, whatever that is. That's a plus, and it's almost an essential plus. Hmm. You know, is it only me, um, going back to your reference about there's so many people living on the streets in America, which I, I think is appalling, especially in California. It's become a real bad situation. And is it just me, or is it just because of politics or money? If you can build these huge facilities to imprison, you know, folks that have done crimes, and it's a money-making major industry, can't we almost similarly build a facility that can help the homeless and still make money with them in those facilities and maybe even rehabilitate them? Or is it just my naivety that's speaking, or that just makes common sense? You know, I've never heard it said so clearly, and... um it, if you're listening to this, you know, mark the day, because this is the day when Sister Jenna said that. You're absolutely right. We warehouse criminals, and mm-hmm. I don't know that that's such a great thing, although there are podcasts out there, such as the one from San Quentin in California, that are transforming people um, with stories of prison life and how people who are incarcerated literally for life are able to grow and change and transform their own lives. That's a beautiful thing. It's called Ear Hustle, okay, so we'll just mention that, by the way. Great Mm -hmm. podcast. If prison can do that for people, why can't we do that for people who are homeless and need help? And and here in California, you know, there are so many people who are, for whatever reason, um, we'll say normal people who have now become unhoused. And there are, of course, many people who who are addicted and living on the streets or have mental health issues who are living on the streets. Um, When we closed all the sanitariums in California years and years ago, there was nowhere for people who need assistance to go. And our our thought process here hasn't welcomed those people home in a way. We offer them services, but we don't offer them a home. And that's a tragedy. 
You know, there's no Indeed. reason you should have to live on the streets with other complications, let alone live on the streets at all in a, in a world mm-hmm. like ours. Yes, beautiful. So, so I know that in 2010 you had started to volunteer as a music teacher of homeless people, and homelessness, as we have discussed, is a big problem in the United States of America. So we've we've just touched on something which I think might need further conversation and to expand more on. But can you share what it was like when you used to, you know, offer the music lessons to individuals who were grappling with finding a place to live uh, safely and comfortably? Of course. I I love working with at-risk people. When you've hit bottom, uh, there's no other way to go, and that means you're very open. And that could be very open to people who are trying to help you find a house or find services if you need medical attention or find employment. Or you could be open to people who are helping you just sort of begin to thrive once again. And you know there are people living on the streets who are thriving, and that's remarkable to me. Mm. In any case, being in a room where people are um, either experiencing homelessness for the first time or are chronically homeless, and helping them to say, hey, there's more than this. There's an opportunity that's bigger than this. That's, a, that's an amazing moment. And I love being in that place because whatever I'm offering through music many times helps the lights come back on where there weren't any before. And being present for that process at that moment, that is a gift that I wish everyone could experience at least once in life, where you, where you literally are there with someone who has nothing but wants to be able to be a part of society in some way and to offer them an invitation and to watch them receive it is so beautiful. And yeah. I didn't know anything about volunteering when I started. You know, I just sort of said, hey, I can do this, and so let's see if I can do it in a place where it will help. But that's happened so many times, and it, it's almost it's better than money. It's better than food. <laughs> you know, Th- <laughs> That experience of watching another human being come back to life is priceless. Indeed. Now, did you bump into anyone on the streets that just had a natural, raw talent for music, and were you blown away by that? Oh, sure. Um, I've been able to sit with veterans who, way back in the day, played the guitar, and and the nonprofit I was working with, Guitars for Vets, hands them a guitar, and you just watch them soar. They just take off and, and, and fly back into music. There are so many talented people who are out there on the streets uh, who sing, and there are homeless choirs all around the United States now that have sort of popped up street choirs that do amazing work. Um, there's a, I think it's called Music Corps out of Washington, D.C., and these are veterans who have, for whatever reason, been scraped off the streets with injuries of all kinds, and they've played like Carnegie Hall. It's amazing to me the talent that is out there that, uh, I don't want to say it's untapped because it is being tapped, the potential talent and the uh, the culture that could provide us, maybe we'll have a new homeless genre of music somehow that, that offers people a window into what it's like to live on the street that we wouldn't hear or see in another way, but that's a very human connection that will happen. Who knows? But the talent is amazing. You're absolutely right about mm-hmm. that. I bet. I can only imagine. So you've got an online course. It's called How to Create and Use Music Rights. Uh, it actually offers some authentic tools for dealing effectively with life challenges. Could you 
educate us on the online course a little bit about it and how we can actually sign up for it? Sure. I got um, really curious about a method or some kind of way of teaching people um, how to employ music more closely to connect it with what they do in life. And over the process of about, I don't know, maybe 20 years, watching this happen, trying it myself, using supportive literature and science that's out there now, it seemed to be a good idea to offer this to people in a way where folks who wouldn't have a chance to work with me directly could, in fact, engage with information in a way that was supportive and useful and, of course, practical. So uh, rather than just sort of write it all down and publish it in a book, I'm offering it in a form that is interactive and that is mentored and guided. So there are actually people who walk alongside those who are questing in this music care quest to help them as they process through their, um, I guess, expanded appreciation of music. It's really hard to talk about these things in, in terms that people recognize. But as a listener, you have so many ways in on music. And what the quest does, or the online course, what the quest does is to help you engage yourself, of course, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually with what music can do for you, and then offer you a way to look back at your own music and say, what is the music I love, and how does that, how does that encourage me in all these ways to a deeper experience of life? How does it help me when I have to intervene with things that come up in life and, and properly navigate those difficult moments so that's what the Music Care Quest is all about. And it, it is amazing to be able to watch people progress through that. Um, mm -hmm. My sister is one of the people who's through it, and she's dealing with grief. Both of us are after our father's death. And um, she shared some of the parts of the course with her grief group and um, just was amazed to find out that people hadn't thought of it this way. It's truly an innovative way of being able to process emotion. And it, you don't have to be a musician to play music to hear it and allow it to work on you. That's, it's like sunlight, you know, it's just in our space and we need it. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. If there was anything you still wish to do in your life before you leave this earth, what would it be? Hear more music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Great music collector. There's so much out there and you, and, as with your own experience of hip-hop and rap, um, I think that we have this an, an invitation to hear music more widely than we've ever heard it before. And yeah, Pandora and Spotify are nice. They are playing us music that's in our lane and we recognize. But there are, the explosion of the Internet has offered musicians that you wouldn't even think about a platform to be able to um, share their music at a very high quality and if you're missing any of that, wow, there's, there's so much richness out there. You don't have to go to every art gallery in the world anymore. You can actually see the art online. Same with music, especially That's with so new true. music. We discovered mm -hmm. over Christmas uh, Nordic folk music. What, okay, there's a genre. Probably that's pretty common in the uh, northern Europe, European countries. I've listened to it. I've listened to that, oh, yeah. I like oh, it. beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just... And that's just one little aspect. Who knows what's yeah. out there that, that remains to be heard? <laughs> I like that, you know, Bill. I like the fact that um, wh whatever's the outlet now, from a garage band to Vimeo, YouTube, 
we do have access to a lot of talent that isn't necessarily under the scope of Illuminati, you know, tribe, so to speak, or the big, mm. you know, recording agents that try to brand you and, and have you go against just singing for joy rather than singing for money and followers that there are so there's so so many good talented folks out there and thanks to what we have now uh, in terms of media um, expression we can hear them beautiful any final thoughts or words you'd like to share with us um, before I release you to go listen and play and create more music oh you're so beautiful thank you <laughs> I like to say change your music change your life so if you're looking for a change in life, you might start by giving yourself a new listening opportunity and just see where it leads you. Fantastic. Leave us with a website that we can hear more more of your music and stuff. Oh, gosh. Uh, start with quest.musiccare.net, and you can find me there. And once you know how to spell my name, just Google me, and you'll find SoundCloud and Spotify. And the music is out there even on YouTube. I've recorded a couple of covers that are important to me on YouTube. You can listen to them there. So, yeah, find me online. There's, there's so many ways to connect, and I just look forward to, you know, drop me a note. Say, I heard you on um, whatever it is, <laughs> online radio. Let me know you're oh, out lovely. there. Lovely. Lovely. Send us some of your tracks so we can play them on air, too. Oh, definitely. would love to. Thank you. would love that. All right, Bill. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Jenna. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Bill Pratzman, everyone. Beautiful conversation about the power of music and how it can actually be a very huge mode of self-care. I'm totally signing up with everything that Bill said today because I believe it. All this intellectual jargon and, okay, you know, I'm not putting on anyone with their big degrees and intellectual ways of trying to find cures, but nothing can bring us together quite like music or beautiful art, poetry, theater, um, it's just easy. It's just easy. It touches the core of the soul. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. And remember, for this year, pause for your traffic control every hour on the hour. Take 30 seconds of generating your own inner silence and peace. And to transmit that peace around your space and in the world. Here's Open My Eyes by Listen to Drayton. Take care, everyone.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.